episode 15 of the Cage Feelers podcast. My name's Nick and I'm here with Stefan. And what a show we have this week. Stefan, how have you been, mate? How's your week mate, been? Mate, I've been uh, great. My week's awesome. The weather's lightened up outside. The sun's out. The birds Absolutely are singing. beautiful. You yeah. know, everything's going good. Just yeah. uh, finishing my coffee here. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. Um... Yeah, so what what have you been watching this week? Mate, just uh, all the games. I'm across all the action. I've been a TV uh, scout, I'd say, this week. Yeah. Just staring at my TV, watching all the types of football that's been happening. Um, that's it. Some, there's been some great games um, And there's been the some big mistakes as well. Huge mistakes. Um, <laughs> From some pretenders as well, might yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss that a bit later. Yeah. But um, let's kick it off a little bit different this week. Yeah. Let's go through some transfer news. Yes, let's kick off with that. Unbelievable. So, um, first bit of transfer news. One Bernat start, signs for uh, PSG on a three-year deal. Yeah. Do they really need him? No. I, I think, think he's just do. another player to Split the bolster oranges. up their stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, he's he's a he's an up-and-coming player. Yeah, um, he is. I think he'll do French well. French will go well for him anyway. It's yeah. Right um, move. More of a Champions League move, I think. Yeah, agreed. It's pretty good. Yeah, and also big news down under. Uh, Florin Berenguer from uh, League One has Berenguer. signed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how that we French say guy it. Um, has signed for Melbourne City. So this guy's been proven in France his whole career. Yeah. Um, obviously, the A League's on fire with these signings. It is. Well, look at Melbourne Victory. Ola Tovenen has Tovenen signed. as well. We, we do yeah, unbelievable. Um, and uh, Raul Benair from Granada also moved this week yeah, to Melbourne from Victory. La Liga, mate. Yeah. Ridiculous. He's got a lot of experience, mate. Um, you know, he's tackled the heavyweights, Barca, yeah. Real, season upon season. So yeah. it'd be good to see what he can bring. He's young as well, still only twenty nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. so definitely a good acquisition for Melbourne Victory. I think. Um, I got a question for you. Yes, boss. Is... <laughs> That's right. Now your place. No. <laughs> um, fifty fifty. Uh, uh, so is Melbourne Victory the Juventus of the A League now? Are they guaranteed silverware? I think they're guaranteed some sort of silverware. Well, yeah, I mean, signing... there's three things you can claim. You can claim the FFA Cup, you can get the Premier's Plate for finishing first, and you can actually win the damn league, which is on grand final. Yeah, day, right? well, and the champ- AFC. And the AFC, AFC which they're in this season, we should add. Um, I don't know. I think they're red-hot favourites to go back-to-back, mate. Uh, definitely. Yeah. They're the favourites going into the season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think depending on who else signs in the A-League, um, still, though... We're still waiting got... salary caps from a lot of the teams as well and uh, visa spots. So who knows who's next? I don't know, but Honda, Toivonen, De Jong, De Jong, De Jong for Sydney, but yeah. Victory, you know, these players, I think they've done really well in, in their recruitment. Definitely um, a step forward. Will they sign anyone else? Yeah, well, apparently they've still got cash left over. I was reading Oof. an article, so... <laughs> God knows who they're going to sign right. next. But everybody, no come to Melbourne Victory if <laughs> you want it. to win. <laughs> um, but also, uh, Australian legend. Yes, Mr. Timmy Cahill. Yep. Um, he he moved as well. He's signed for an um, Indian Super League team. Uh, their name is Jampandaspur <laughs> or something like that. Um, yep. No one really cares yeah. <laughs> about the team name. But what a signing for the Indian Super League. You know, uh, absolute legend in Timmy Cahill, proven goal scorer. The we'll best Australian player. Yeah, definitely. He'll, he'll be tearing that league apart. Um, also, he's been given a farewell game. Um, apart from that news of him signing, he's been given a farewell game against Lebanon in November at ANZ Stadium in yeah. Sydney. So that's a good thing that the FFA has done, and I think they should have because he's been our best player in the last 10 years, without yeah. a doubt. 
huge, huge. Um, you know, it's going to be sad to see him go, but now the you know the FFA they need to they need to start finding a quality replacement. You know, agreed. They need to um, the Arnold era shall begin. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, let's talk about some results from around the leagues. Yep, we've got a. Oh, did you see Barca play? Oh my God, they went. They went behind, and then it was just <laughs> annihilation. <laughs> annihilation, 8-2. Oh, my God. Um, they looked so dangerous, mate. Messi was on fire. Yep. As always. Um, what about PSG? Smashing four goals in on their yeah, way to victory. Just another four goals. Yep. Um, Mickey they're Mouse just league. brewing for the Champions League, mate. They're brewing. Well, they're only playing for the Champions League because no one's going to be contending against them. Correct. <laughs> oh, um, some dip- disappointing news. Yeah. Again from I can't believe. And again I thought Leverkusen. Yes, you sucked me in as well to this. Um, yeah, they, they didn't have a very good outing this week. Um, hopefully they can turn it around. <laughs> I, I think they're a quality side, mate. Come on, Leon Bailey, mate. Get a, get well, him up. He's obviously not doing much <laughs> apart from worrying about his hairstyles each week. <laughs> in your in your favourite league, uh, the, mate, the, the Italian league? All I've got to say is I watched uh, Napoli lose 3-0 to Sampdoria, and I've got to say that Sampdoria... Absolutely killed it. Defrel with two goals. Um, Guagliarella with a delicious back heel volley. Unbelievable. What does this mean for the title race? It is, is Napoli over. in? It is over. Just Juventus hand it to Juventus. Won. That's it. Just give it to them now. Well, Ronaldo still hasn't scored for Juventus and they're getting the results. Apparently as well. I mean, Juve's in crisis. Now watch the game they played against Parma as well. Yep. Right, Jovino scoring and Jovino scoring another goal nearly. He just yep. missed, right? So the game should have finished 2-2. Parma were all over him. But still they find the resolution They grind it out. They, they grind it out. And, and just, now they're clear. Right. Well, just imagine when Ronaldo starts scoring That's right. Scoring it's a goals. matter of time. It's a matter of time, mate. Yeah, and um, some more A-League news. Yes. Um, <laughs> the man, the did great man. Did you watch it? I did. Dismal I did. performance. He misses the open goal, couldn't get there, and he's well, the fastest man first, in the world. Hold on, tell tell the listeners what we're talking about. Yes, Usain Bolt comes on. You know, there's yeah. a DJ in the corner. People go, man. I was good. Massive it was PR good. Stunt, um, mate. You know, oof, that's it. They need to get what they get joke. some eyes on the on the A League on the on the Mariners. Um, this is a joke, mate. I think Doesn't the more he me. plays, the more he trains, the better he'll get. I think he'll be good good for the A League. Okay, he tried he tried to get in at Dortmund. Um, Obviously, Dortmund sent him packing uh, and said, no, well, ch- no chance in hell. Is that A-League quality? Um, I think I think he'll be good for the A-League. Um, you know, he showed do a little you, bit. Will he get the contract, do you reckon? Yeah, I think he will. Has to. Because now, is that because of his skill or is that because of the money coming from Puma? <laughs> uh, well, a bit of both. It'll be more It'll be more the money um, to expo- you know give exposure to the Mariners, to the A-League. Yeah. Um, get them jerseys sold, I think. He, it's not like he has zero skill. He's okay. He's, okay. he's fast. Um as I said, he'll get better. I, I, I like it, man. I like it. I would go and watch the Mariners now just to see him play. Maybe once, but that's it, you know? <laughs> hey, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Not happy with it, man. You know my opinion on this. Look, I, I'd love to see him score a goal, but time will tell. For me, it doesn't work. Fair enough. All right, well, let's move on to our Coach Killer of the Week. Hey, sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And our Coach Killer of the Week is... Drum roll, please. Alison, Poo, Alison, Alison Becker, we should say from Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I was about to say Carius, but because um, <laughs> they're very similar. And this is a pre- prestigious moment. Well, they're not well. similar. Alison is ten times better. But hang on, Nick. Before we get into it, it is a prestigious moment for the podcast because oh, this is. is the second Liverpool goalkeeper in fifteen episodes as our coach. Yeah, the second <laughs> <Dipper>. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's a well-deserved um, coach kill of the week. It's well-deserved. I don't know what he's thinking, mate. You're not an outfield player. Just play the ball safe. You're a goalkeeper. There's a reason you're a goalkeeper. That's and right. not a, a defender, midfielder, attacker. And this is the thing, right? Sold from Roma with all the hype surrounding him. Liverpool saying that, you know, he was the missing piece of the puzzle. And, you know, if they get a solid goalkeeper, that's their saviour. He's going to win them trophies. Mate, didn't we speak about this last week? We did. I I don't understand it. If if De Gea was doing that for United or, you know, Courtois was doing that for Real Madrid or, you know, as a Berlaga was doing it for yeah. Chelsea, I think everyone would be upset. What? Just because you're Brazilian? Come on, mate. But look, let's be honest. Ever since he's started playing for the Reds, he's been very shaky. Every game he seems to make silly errors well, that he didn't make at Roma. Well... He did say uh, before the Leicester game, there's going to be a lot more heart-in-the-mouth moments. And it was just unlucky that, um, you know, he Mate, copped I'll it. Tell you he what, copped it. For some uh, he was doing it in uh, Serie A a couple of times, but not to this extent where every second week he's got something to do where, you know, even the Brighton game against Brighton a few weeks back over the head of the defender, what are you doing? Just because you're Brazilian does not mean you can play the Jogger Benito, mate. You're a goalkeeper. And Klopp. <laughs> and Klopp. Like, I don't understand this and how he hasn't been roasted, you know. Klopp, you know, <laughs> after after the game, he said, to be 100% honest, I'm really happy it happened because we don't have to wait for it now. Yeah. To me, that sounds like it's no issue if you do it again, Alison. Don't, don't have worry. to wait for it at all. Just don't do it. That's Simple. right. Simple. Simple. Oh, um, my God. I want to see. It'll be very interesting to see if it happens again, though. Let me tell you that. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if he yeah. keeps going. Yeah, you know, if he time. keeps trying these, um, just, just pointless moves, mate. Just clear the You're ball. You're a goalkeeper. Clear it, mate. You could have kicked it. Clear right? it. Pass it out. Now they brought they brought him in to fix up these their mistakes with Carrius, mate. Right now, right. You yeah. cannot tell me he's a world-class goalkeeper for doing that. I'm not no, going to judge I, him on one mistake, right? That's not what I'm here to do, but I'm here to he criticise on what I see. He's, never, he's not world-class yet. Even at Roma, he wasn't world-class. Look, at Roma, he was better than what he is now, which is why I don't know he slipped in uh, form. Maybe, maybe the, you know, the Premier League isn't for him. Maybe he needs to go back to the, you know, the easier league, the Serie A. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where there's not so much attacking. It's I don't more, think it's that. I think more that defending. Klopp is obviously letting him be more freer with the ball, you know, giving him freedom to do what he likes. Whereas in Italy, it's obviously set rule that you do things like that, you get dropped, right? It never happened for him there, and it's happening now. So Mate, what does that tell you? Turn it up. Stop. Enough. Just be, play your role. You know, don't try and be hero. Clear the ball. You know, if you're under that much pressure, all right, you know, I guess you can try something. But if it's not needed, just... just it wasn't needed Play, play well. the team game, mate. That's, That's all. It. That's all. And I'm sure a lot of Liverpool supporters will be asking that. But thank you, Alison. You know, you're our second <laughs> Liverpool coach killer of the week. And um, we thank you for it. <laughs> but let's move on to our game of the week. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! And our game of the week this week was AC Milan versus Roma. Oh, Your no. team, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Destruction. That's that's all I can say. They, for oh, AC Milan, killed it. I feel, I feel like they should have won 10-0. <laughs> no. It was an absolute look. It was a great game from a neutral perspective. It was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The VARP... <laughs> Of course he did. The VAR played a massive role looking back at it and made a couple of costly errors for both teams. Yeah, please explain. What happened? Uh, so in the first half, Higuain was in line with Manolas and Fazio, but somehow 
you know, I think his toe may have been offside and they got the decision. But in situations like that, you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the striker. That's the golden rule in a situation yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Now, that's you right. can't say he was offside. He was not offside. There was no clear offside. That should have been a goal. So at that stage, it's 2-0 AC Milan. Yeah. Right? Now, Roma mount a comeback in the second half. Fazio scores, right? It's 1-1. Um, 80, I think it was the 82nd minute. Inzonzi scores a header. And then the VAR reviews it. It came off the inside of his shoulder, did not hit anywhere near his arm, and they call it a handball. Come Look, on, man. I think I, th- I, I don't think VAR's wrong because how can they get it wrong? I don't when they think get it's... to view it. When they get to view it. But this is the thing. With this so then it, comes, with it doesn't decisions. come down to VAR. It comes down to the referee. That's right. So with you the know, first so maybe decision, it's the referees with the, the first decision with Higuain, they told him the decision through the mic, and he called it no goal. With the, with the Roma goal, which is where the massive stuff up was, yep. they went, the ref was told to go to the screen and judge it, and he obviously gave it against us. Now, in hindsight, you can say that's affected the result. Of course it did affect the result Regardless, for both AC Milan played a really high tempo. You know, 26 shots in the game. Roma only had six. Yeah, that's right. Definitely, Milan played really well. They're looking like a top-four outfit. They've got speed. Yep. They've got acceleration when they move the ball. Um you and know, look, it finished two one with a ninety fourth minute goal. You can't you can't say that you know this was a fantastic match from AS Roma because it wasn't. It was absolutely rubbish. Um, they're better than that. They know it. But in terms of the VAR, they've got to work that out again just a bit more. They've got to retune it again because they made errors for both teams, not just for Roma. Yeah. So you know. Well, you were saying Juventus might be in crisis. Is Roma in crisis? What's this? <laughs> what's this? I've seen that they're playing a friendly game during the international break. So basically, what's happened is because of the first three games, Eusebio Di Francesco's played three different formations, right? Yep. Now we all know in football, a formation's pointless. You know, during the game, formations your players come out of formations, right? And you could end up with a nine-zero-one formation, right? Because everyone's yeah. running around, right? But they've organised a friendly match against a Serie B team to try and work out what the hell's going on because. It's good. It's good that they're trying stuff. At the same time, he's been put on notice, I believe, of De Francesco. Yep. So I don't agree with that. After after his results, I last think it's season. stupid. But um, look, this is Italy. This is Serie A. He's got three games that are coming up that are winnable, plus the tough game in the Champions League against Madrid. Yep. But we'll and, talk about um, that later. Yep. Um, so th- he's on notice, mate. With Montella and Conti waiting, it's only time. Time will tell. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I wouldn't but, be happy. No, <laughs> I wouldn't be happy. But that's, but what, that's what happens when you sell when you're selling players, mate. You, you can't be a selling club. You sold your two best midfielders and got in. These oh, were the Zonzi's bl- decent. He's not world class. He's not at the same level of nine golden. Well, I don't know. Look, I think they're I think they're all at the same level. It's just the formation doesn't suit the players we got. That's what it is. It's just the the way they they're playing. They can't gel together at the moment. At the moment, they, they at, are in, at the moment. How I see it. Is that last season you guys had the Leicester effect, oh, as I like to no, call it? You can't say you that. guys you played <laughs> out of your skins, whatever, and now reality sets in this season. And no, just just another minnow club. Sorry to say, no, no, no. Um, we'll get it right. Just give it a couple of weeks. We'll get it. Right. I, I hope for your sake, mate. Or else you're not going to be a happy man. <laughs> um, yeah, look, as you said, you know, Roma. Need to pick pick themselves up. Yep. And they've got a big game against Madrid in a couple of weeks in the Champions League. Correct. And, you know, speaking of the Champions League, yes, uh, the draw go. happened this week. And um, let's take a quick look at it.
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Coach Killers podcast. You wait for Champions League previews. Draw was good. Um, You know. What a joke of a draw, please. Why was it a joke? A couple of groups there. You got. Oh, let, let's just kick it off and I'll right. mention. Start off with Group A. So, who's in Group A, Stefan? We've got Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Monaco, and Club Bruges. <laughs> Tough group. Tough group. Um, you know, Atletico Dortmund. What are your teams, you know, Nick? Are pretty matched. I'd say Atletico and Dortmund get through. Yeah. Um, Monaco third, Bruges fourth. Um, doesn't really matter. So, they're, you know, they'll be going to the Europa. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think Atletico have to dominate this league, this group. Um, you know, they've got the quality. I think they will. Look, my tips are Atletico, Monaco. I've got to go through. Oh, really? Then Dortmund and Club Bruges. Yes. Sending Dortmund to the. I think Dortmund are <laughs> worthy of a Europa League spot. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. That's you know, it's a tough group that one. Yeah. Um, next group, Group B. Yeah, who's in had Group B? Barcelona, Tottenham, PSV, and Inter. Another oh, what a tough group. group. Another what a tough group. group. You know, the champions of Spain. Yep. Um, Tottenham, you know, after last yeah. week's showing, we don't know. So what's your tips? Uh, I've got Barcelona and Inter going through. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> uh, PSV finishing third oh, going to Europe no <laughs> And the Spurs, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced at all. Really? The Spurs going, going well, finishing I've last. Barca, Inter, Tottenham and PSV for last. I think Tottenham will go to the Europa, but they yeah. can never show up in the Champions League. Who knows? They might surprise. Yeah, that's true. Um, group C, group of death. Yes. PSG. Napoli, Liverpool, and Red Star Belgrade. <laughs> yeah. Very, very tough group, you know. This is the group of death. Um, for me, it's Napoli first, PSG second, and Liverpool third going really? to Europe. Really? Really? Yeah, I think the luck's about to run out, mate. Um, we could see a little bit of it with the Ellison blunder and, you know, but just you scraping think... wins. I think, you know, Napoli, Napoli will turn it around and win the group. Wow. Um, I don't know. I just got a feeling there, and... PSG's PSG. Well, look, I've gone PSG, Liverpool, really? Napoli for third, and Red Star obviously last. But I think PSG will get secretly. Through. Secretly, I hope Red Star get up. But, um, <laughs> it just, would be you good know, to see. Their, I, th- I believe it's their first time in the Champions yeah. League. You know, come on, mate, show something. Carabag did it. You know, you could do it too. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, group D. This is a shocking group, mate. I'm not uh, impressed. This is the 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 baby group. The the, the easy, easy group. <laughs> easy beat. Well, uh, how lucky was it that they got grouped together? Unbelievable. Uh, you got Porto, Locomotive Moscow, Schalke, <laughs> and Gala. Galatasaray. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, it's Porto and Locomotive that go through, and Schalke finishing third. Really? I've gone Gala completely left wing to you. I've gone for Schalke and Gala to go through. Oh, really? I okay. think Porto and Locomotive, mate, they'll be fighting it out for third place easily. Well, we'll see. That'll be that's a tough group to pick, just because they're so evenly matched. Yep. Um, but whoever goes through is getting kicked out. <laughs> Sixteen. Yeah. Sorry to say. Uh, group A, Stefan. Yeah, Bayern, Benfica, Ajax, and AEK Athens. Oh, how lucky is Bayern? Oh, what a Mate, what a what a walk in the through, park group for them. Through. They can play their seconds and make it through. Yep. Uh, so we know Bayern's finishing top. Yep. That's done for both of us. I've got Ajax second. So do I. Yep. And Benfica, AEK. Yep. Too easy, mate. Easy uh, done. Easy. Skip over that one. We've got Group F. We've got the English champions, Man City. Yes. You know, the Shakhtar Donetsk from Ukraine. And we've got Leon and Hoffenheim. Yes. I've gone for uh, 
Man City and Lyon to progress. I think Shakhtar's progressed in prior years, but they've lost Fred, mate, and Fred was huge for them. So yeah. I think that they're finishing third and Hoffenheim definitely for last. Well, I've got City to top the group as well, but yep. I've got Shakhtar going through. I think Lyon is, won't be up to the task and Hoffenheim... You know, they're not going to have the same season they did last season. Yep. Uh, they're already showing that in the Bundesliga. Um, so, Man City and Shakhtar for me. Yes. Group G, the second last group. Yes, here we go. We're we got, getting to our teams we now. got Real Madrid, CSK Moscow, Victoria Pleasant, and... Sorry. Oh, AS Roma. AS Roma. I've gone with Real Madrid to top. And CSK Moscow to really? come second, wow. Roma third. You can go into the Europa League, and then you got Pleasant last. Wow! Why Roma for third? Is it just because of the way they're playing? Well, I think they're in crisis, mate. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're Fair talking. Um, CSK Moscow is an experienced Champions League outfit. You know, they they get through um, regularly. I wouldn't say that, but all right. Well, more regularly than well, look, Roma, they might. They might. Um, I doubt that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Who well, look, you? I've gone uh, Real Madrid to top the group. I really? Not Madrid. Roma first? <laughs> no, no. Uh, without Ronaldo, they'll still top the group. I think we'll get second. Yeah. I think. But Moscow, it's going to be tight between Roma, us and Moscow. Right. second. Yes, Roma's second, okay. but it'll be tight between us and Moscow. Um, and then Pilsen for fourth. Fair enough. Now, the group that everyone wants to watch. You know, Not Ronaldo really. returning home. To smack in a couple of goals. <laughs> Well, if he does, he does. Um, we'll see what well happens. But we've got <laughs> no. He won't. He hasn't in the past. Okay. He's, he's very respectful like that. He's not like. So um, who's in this group? He's not like Adebayo when he scored for City against Arsenal. I'll never forget that. that yeah, that's best. right. That we ran half the dog field, move, mate. Dog move. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So we've got Juventus, pa. Manchester United, pa. Valencia, pa. and Young Boys. <laughs> what a group! Yeah. Um, it's a it's a tough group as well. It's not an easy easy group. Um, Come you know, Valencia is not a push pushover. Valencia's got nanny mate, and that's it. Yeah, he's former United player, mate. He's he's quality. He might rock up at Old Trafford and <laughs> we'll see. Well, there's another the another player coming home. <laughs> um, but you know, it's going to be a tussle between Juventus, Man United. I got Man United finishing <laughs> of course. top. Yep, um, Juventus second, Valencia going to Europa, and Young Boys last, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, the top two can go either way. Yep. Uh, for me, 150%, Juventus will finish miles ahead. Mate, they <laughs> okay. will go unbeaten in this group. Thing, well, only, only, only four teams have gone unbeaten in the history of yeah, the Champions I think League. they will go unbeaten. There's plenty of quality to come on if something goes wrong. Uh, Man United, obviously, for second. I think Young Boys will go into the Europa League. And I think Valencia, just because they've got an ageing team, they're finishing last, mate. They're not doing nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's That's a... Big call. Yeah. Valencia's not, not a walk in the park, man. Um, but we'll see what happens. I guess, you know, who who cares really <laughs> about the bottom <laughs> two teams? It's all about the top two and who so gets So based through. on our predictions, all the big teams will be going through, unlike last season. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't... Put, well, we've got a couple, couple We've got a couple of roughies, there, like Lyon, Porto, Gala, maybe Shakhtar as well for Unic. Um, yeah. You know, so... But in hindsight... The best group of this whole Champions League is definitely Group C, the group of death with PSG, Liverpool, Napoli. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big clashes there um, yeah. to to watch throughout. Um, but you know, as long as all the all the teams that should win go through, I think we're in for a ripper Champions League season. Yep. Uh, and before we finish this segment up, who do you who's your tip to win it? Go United, if not United, Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's Man City or Juve this season. 
Oh, big call. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Um, what about Barcelona? We just completely skipped over them. Yeah, no. um, Barcelona. It's not, tough. It's so tough. Mate, This, I mean, because you've got a couple of teams back in here, you know, that we didn't see in the past that it could potentially get in form again. I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. It, it depends who you get, I guess. That's right. We've we got to narrow down. these tips uh, when we get back into the round of 16. Yep, done, done. So, yeah, so that's our Champions League preview and who we think has gone through. Um some bad news. The international break is upon <laughs> us for the next fortnight. We're out of the job. Mate, no one no one likes the, the break just no. because, you know, we want to watch our club teams and, you know, we don't want them to affect their form. Which it will. Maybe not for you, Stefan, because Roman need the break. Thank God, yeah. I'm going to say, actually, <laughs> but, I'm in favour of it at the moment. But um, for the first time, a new competition is going to kick off. The UEFA Nations League. Well, on Friday morning, you know, the champions, uh, the world champions of France, you know, helped kick off the uh, UEFA Nations League against Germany, you know, which is the start of uh, six days of action that also includes England versus Spain and Portugal versus Italy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously a good initiative for the Minnow teams to try and sneak into the Europa, I mean, the uh, Euro, sorry. Yeah, we'll get to we'll well. get to that, but still, like it's split into four leagues basically: League A, B, C, and D. And the League A matches, you know, you get some some tantalising games, big games, some huge games, like you know, as we said, the France versus Germany, you know, the England, Spain, and the Portugal, Italy games coming up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, You know, and no more friendly matches; they're a thing of the past now. I miss the friendly matches. Why would you say that? Oh my god! Um, (laughs) You know, and. At least all the nations will play against equally ranked teams. That's know? fair. That, that's a good initiative of it. However, you so know... can you tell us a little bit about how it works, Stefan? So, basically, it's the four group winners of League A will move on to the finals, which will be held in June 2019, and the winners of groups B, C, and D will gain promotion, and the bottom teams of A, B, and C will face relegation. Nice, exciting, something to play for. Yeah, definitely. You know, and in each league, uh, the teams will play against against the teams in their group home and away during September, so October fair. and November. So it's nice and fair. Yeah, and, um, you know, the Euro tw- uh, 2020 qualifying is also on the table. You know, previously you, there would be a playoff round and teams will finish third in the Euro qualifying leagues. Yeah. That's gone now. And now it will obviously involve the 16 group winners of leagues A, B, C and D, or if they have already qualified, the next best ranked team in their league to fight it out for the additional spots. You know, so that means that each league has a path of its own um, and will consist of two single league semifinals and one final, which the winner... Of each path wins a ticket to the Euro 2020 finals. Yeah, that's fantastic, I guess. You know, I mean, what are your thoughts firstly on it? I, I, I love the concept. You know, um, we discussed this a little bit before we started recording today. And um, you were mm. saying it's a money-making scheme. I agree that it is a bit of a money-making I scheme. I think it's, a, you know, it's a good initiative for the little teams, the little nations that always struggle, struggle, struggle. At least well, they're playing teams in the same, you know, ilk. That's like. right, and you know they have something to play for, and it's another chance to qualify um, for the Euros, mm. which is good. It's, I think it makes for more entertaining football. You get better players picked because they want to win this. Yeah, of course. And um, you know, it's. I think it's great, great for football, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, how it goes. And watching it over the next couple of weeks should be good. But like I said, for me, it's just about 
putting UEFA Nations League on the ticket, they know they'll pack out the stadiums with these matches and make more money off it. You know, a friendly match against, let's do Italy-Macedonia in Palermo or Skopje, right? There's 10,000 people. You put it now because there's something to play for, mate, those figures double instantly, you know, because better players are picked. Exactly, which is better. You want something to play for. But it's obviously a catch I never never liked the friendly matches. It's the same as watch. It's It's very, very reserved football. You know, like they're just oh, playing. Oh, you wouldn't. They're playing at eighty percent, whereas now they'll be going to the ninety-five hundred percent effort mark. And um, you know, exciting times ahead. Yeah. Now for a very exciting part of our podcast episode this yeah, week. We've been building it up all week. Yep. Uh, earlier on this week, we caught up with Wellington Phoenix captain Andrew Duranto. Yeah. So take a listen. This is how it went. Our special guest this week has represented the All Whites on 24 occasions, is a winner of the A-League in 2008 with Newcastle Jets, whilst also winning the J-Master medal in that year. He currently holds the A-League appearance record with 288 games. He is Wellington Phoenix's hard-hitting captain, Andrew Durante. (laughs) Welcome, Andrew Durante. Very good to have you on, mate. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you all. Um, So, Andrew, let's just uh, kick this off. You know, it's a pleasure to have you on. And with someone that's... um, been in the A-League for quite some time, you know, did you ever think when you were growing up uh, that you would play in the top league of Australian football, you know, let alone holding the all-time appearance record? Yeah. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, as a young kid, uh, you know, wanting to grow up to play football and getting my opportunity uh, as a 19-year-old back in the old NSL days with Sydney Olympic was was a a huge achievement for me. and then, yeah, obviously, um, to, to have racked up so many games in the A-League is, um, yeah, something I'm really proud of. I've had some, some pretty serious injuries, two broken legs. So for that yeah, alone, back was, yeah, but, um, would be huge, yeah, yeah. come back from them was, was a big achievement for me. So, yeah, something yeah. I'll, I'll look back on with, um, with a lot of pride. Um, Andrew, look, did you base your game on anyone you watched growing up? Like, did you have an idol growing up in football? Um, when I was young, there was a lot of uh, Italian football on the TV. Um, ah, my, yes. My, <laughs> my father's Italian, and um, I used to love Maldini. Paolo Maldini was was he's still oh, an idol. Player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when I uh, kind of made it into the first team, or was a youth player, but you know wanted to be like a first team player. Ante Juric was um, someone that I really looked up to, um, and kind of wanted to emulate the way he played. He was a, a really classy player and, and really composed on the ball. So he's someone that I, I really wanted to emulate. Fantastic, yeah. yeah um, so you've always wanted to be a central defender, then you know, looking up to Paolo Maldini. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, you know, even my young junior career, everything. I've always been a, a centre back. We yeah. we used to play with kind of a, a libero sweeper system as well. I played that, which I really enjoyed. Uh, nice, yeah. So yeah, you know. Never been probably uh, quick enough to, to be on the wings, uh, the fullback position. It's just an so, Italian uh, thing, isn't it, to be a yeah, defender? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you are one of the greatest um, captains in yeah, the definitely. A-League in, in its history, right? Can you tell us a little about what you think it takes to lead a set of players and you know how you show that on and off the field? Um, yeah, obviously I became the captain when I came here in uh, uh, end of 2008 after yeah. the, the Jets season. And um, Ricky Herbert, the coach... So, um, so, you know, I was always involved in leadership groups, but was obviously never a captain. And um, Ricky saw some leadership qualities um, in me and, and, you know, took a bit of a gamble and, and gave me the captain's armband. Um, you know, I think it's a, a process where you learn. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I was a great captain straight away. I, there was a lot of things that I reflected on that, yeah. you know, I could have yeah. done better or, or you learn um, as you go. Um, but, 
definitely. Yeah, I've yeah. been the captain now for for eleven seasons. Um, you know, I think it, it's mostly about yeah, it's mostly about just understanding players. Um, you know, well, you must be doing something right, you know, to, to to hold it for so long. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's been um, it's been great. It comes with challenges for sure. When the team's not winning or when there's turmoil around the club, you you got to front up and you got to answer the difficult questions. Um, you know, you you got to paint the club in a in a good light or whatever the situation is. So it's not always um, easy. There's a lot of things that come outside of the football field that you have to be involved in. But um, look, I see it as a really big honour, something that has developed me as an individual as well, away from the football pitch. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've loved it. I've, I've grown into it as the seasons have gone on. And, um, yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm proud of. Awesome, awesome. Well, just on that as well, on your playing career, who has been your toughest direct opponent that you've had to mark constantly, like throughout your career? Who would you say was the hardest? Um, I think someone like um, probably Archie. Archie was always Archie Thompson was always yeah, Archie um, Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> he was always such a difficult opponent, so lively. Um, you know, I'd probably prefer to play up against the the bigger target men uh, more so than the the wiggly, quick feet type players. And Archie was always that. Um, you know, Smeltzy. Smeltzy was also someone that. Oh, yeah, Shane Smeltzy. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd think you'd have him in in your back pocket for eighty nine minutes of the game, and you're thinking you're on top of him, and then he'll pop up with some jammy goal in the ninetieth minute. Of the game. <laughs> um, so, so players like that, just that they had a real knack for for goals, and even if they were having an off game, they could still uh, win win the game for their team. So, I think those two probably stand out the most. Awesome. Well, um, you know, also when the fixtures are released, which club you know do you pencil in your calendar and look forward to facing? Like, is there any club which you enjoy beating yeah. the most? <laughs> um, not particularly. I enjoy the Newcastle game because I get to go home and, uh, yeah, and see definitely. some family, and and obviously the Sydney games. I get to see my family as well. Um, but in terms of wanting to beat, uh, I think victory have the wood over us for for a, a long time. So getting a win in in Melbourne would is always a, a nice one. We haven't done too many of them, so Fair winning at yeah. Amy Park or, or at Etihad would be uh, you know a, a nice one. Fantastic! Nice, well, nice. we hope to see you down here, mate. When you uh, play the Melbourne victory, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just on that, what are your expectations this season, you know, with the players such as Stephen Taylor coming into the side? I mean, can the Phoenix actually get into the finals and do something this season? Yeah, we have to. Um, we, we, we can't afford not to uh, with the licence um, and all the saga that goes with that yeah. uh, coming up within the next two years. We, we need to get it right this year on the pitch. Um, I think if we get it right on the pitch and, and we're winning home games and um, you know we, we're getting strong yeah. results on the road and, and we're up there, then it's easier. You know, fans will start coming back, uh, TV yeah. ratings will pick up, so everything kind of flows on from from us doing well. And, and we understand that we've got a lot of pressure on ourselves this year to make sure that we're we're definitely in this top six. I think that's that's the minimum where we need to be. But you know, our aspirations are to finish as high up the table as as we possibly can. And and I think the team that Mark Rudin's assembled um, so yeah. far. He's yeah. been excellent. He's made some really savvy signings. Um, we've still got a foreign spot to fill and maybe three or four other players. So Fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to be a team that's that's really difficult to play against, that's, that's hard to break down. Um, and you, you'll see a much, much improved team, than, uh, you'll see a much improved team than, than last season without doubt. Yeah. Well, how has it been having someone like Stephen Taylor who's come in, you know, being around someone that's played in the Premier League, you know, has he taught you anything new? Even at, you know, uh, 
Yeah, look, you're you're always learning, 100. percent He's he's um, you know he sits next to me in the change room. We've got a really close bond already, yeah. and you know he's fantastic. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a top bloke. <laughs> Top man. Yeah, his, his stories are hilarious, man. He's got so many stories, and and they're hilarious. And he loves the football banter, and he's always a joking around in the change room. But um, yeah, for sure, when you listen to some of his stories and and, and yeah. how he prepared, he's honestly the ultimate professional. He looks after himself so well. Um, yeah. He's, he's bringing for the young boys to all kind of watch and and learn from so you can see why he's played at the top of the game. Actually, Andrew, just touching on that, Stephen Taylor was interviewed on our podcast maybe three weeks ago, I'd say now. Did he actually mention it to you? (laughs) No, I I didn't realise. I only knew from you guys telling me I didn't realise. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, he was good. I don't know if he had any good stories, but he's got plenty. Yeah, but he he was good. And, you know, fingers crossed we had the winning centre-back partnership this season on the (laughs) Coach Killers, so hopefully it all works (laughs) out, mate. But look, just touching on that, I think, you know, you've done well with the situation you've had at Wellington. I think this season you'll definitely improve. So it's been, look, an absolute pleasure um, to have you on today. You're a superstar, mate. You are one of the best captains in the A-League, if not the best. And we hope to have you on during the season. And fingers crossed it all works out for the Phoenix, mate. So thank you very much. Sounds good. Love to be on again if if you guys ever need me on. So uh, Yeah, awesome. Awesome. We'll speak to you during the week, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. What a truly insightful interview there from, you know, an absolute professional. Yeah, unbelievable. Thank you, Andrew Durante. You're an absolute superstar. You know, we enjoyed hearing, you know, your, you know, hearing that your idol is, you know, someone like Paolo Maldini. Maldini, yeah, that you was know, awesome. We, we don't really get to hear that from players these days. You know, they're very conservative in their answers. And, and robotic, um, like a mate of <laughs> um, um Let's move on from that. Um, so, yeah, so thanks very much, Andrew. We hope to have you on again uh, during the Definitely, year. Definitely, you superstar. Yeah, um, let's move on to some EPL results. Yeah, the big hitters. Oh, the big hitters, yeah. The yeah, Hornets. The Hornets. Oh, what's Vicarage going? Road. What's happening down there, mate? Tell mate, us. Tell us. I'm watching the Watford and Tottenham game. They're down 1 0. An own goal goes in. Then out of nowhere. This... Hold on, hold on. Let mate. me cut you off. Four from four. Yeah, that's right. Watford. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. They have never done that in their history. Mate. They have never won their first four games in the This could flight. be the start of something special. Possibly. Possibly. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, mate, they scored all three goals in that Tottenham game. Yeah. I mean, um, Tottenham didn't have a, a needle in the haystack, mate. They, that's what they looked like, you know, um, trying to find goals, pepper the goal. Didn't work. Yeah, well, you know, they went. Watford went behind after an own goal, you know, from from their, uh, from Decore. And um, you'd think from there Spurs would come out and just annihilate them and, you know, just Keep going and going and going, but it didn't happen, mate. After after they went in, they got a goal. They went into halftime one nil. You'd think after going down one nil, you know, to a comical At one goal, time, I should say. Yeah. Um, you'd think Spurs would just, you know, keep going and take it away. No, you know? not at all. Especially <laughs> after their result last week against Manchester United, they were touted to be the major title contenders for City. They are bananas blah, blah, blah. now, mate. <laughs> um, you know, and you know, Watford come out second half. Amazing goal, you know, Everyone's from Troy Deeney and, and beautiful header from Cathart. Yeah. It was, you know, awesome. Awesome to see and awesome for, you know, them to put Tottenham in their place. I liked, <laughs> I'd like to see, you know, where this is going to go. I just want to know, who who they got after the international break? Well, they got Man United, um, but, mate, the break they, could... they showed in, in their game what they – what you know, rising intensity and winning physical battles can do for a team. So if they can keep that up, 
mate. You never look, know. I think if they can knock off Man United, because Man United is clearly a top four team in the Premier League, if they yep. can knock off Man United, I'll put them as a chance to yep. get those Europa League well, I'm spots. Sure, well, both teams, Man United and um, Watford, I think won't like the international break. Yeah, it's no, it's going to hinder Watford's run, and you know, Man United might it might better suit. Well, Man let United. me ask you: Is Man United back? Uh, I'll give you a good answer for once. I think they are. I think from what I saw, they're flying, you know, excuse yeah. me, I was about to say the F word there, but no, they're absolutely, you know, on top now of their game. And um, I think going into the international break is rubbish for them because yeah. they can kick on now. Mate, as a United supporter, I was stoked. What a performance. Absolute dominance. The whole game, 90 minutes. <laughs> it's good um, to see that you Even after again. 10 men... <laughs> Going down to 10 men after a rubbish red card. Still coming at him as well, mind you, yeah, 10 men. Yeah, c- coming at him and, you know, dominating the game. Burnley had no chance. Um, Lukaku should have had half a dozen. And he that, should ref, have had a lit- that ref as well, that decision. What the yeah. hell are you doing oh, mate, with Rashford? I'm seeing a reoccurring theme here in our episodes. <laughs> we All these decisions going wrong, this and that. The solution, yeah. bring in VAR. Come on, next season Surely has to next happen. Surely next season it will happen. Has to, Surely. has to happen. Um, gets rid of these things. You would have seen, I, I don't think, if VAR was in there, Rashford wouldn't have got sent off. No, not at all. It, he did lose his head. He shouldn't have done that. But that kick was a dog act, all right, by Barsley. Yeah. And he should have got sent off. They, yeah, 100%. If anything, they both should have got sent off or it should have at least just a yellow card for Rashford there. Um, but Lingard... Killed it. Absolutely destroyed Burnley's defence. He could have had a hat-trick in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Just that finishing. Still got Uh, finishing to work on a little bit. But Luke Shaw was was just been the stand-up man for the the whole season. He had a whack in the summer and now, you know, he's come good. So that's good for you guys. Well, he got called up to England. You know, he's won the um, August Man of the the Month or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, So things are on the up for him. So, you know, hopefully he can keep that up and keep that consistency and hopefully, you know, some good luck goes his way and, you know, it doesn't break his leg. Fantastic. Break a leg, uh, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, speak about Liverpool a little bit. Um, you yeah. know, we spoke about Alisson. He was our coach killer. <laughs> um, I think that says everything. But during the week, you put up a post on, on our Instagram, you know, asking, are they pretenders or contenders? Yeah. And um, you copped a little backlash from a few yeah. Liverpool supporters. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> So tell us, are they contenders or are they pretenders, mate? All right, right now I'm walking the plank on the side of the boat and the sharks are under me, ready? Yep. About to jump in. Big, absolute pretenders, mate. Wow, big statement, Big pretenders. You love these big statements. I love them. Why? Tell me me why. (laughs) Tell me why. No balance. Yeah. What the hell? What do you mean, no balance? How can you say a team is a... Look at a team at Man City, right? They Mm -hmm. switch on, switch off. Switch on, switch off. You know, they know when to attack, when to defend, when to hold, when to press, when to not. Yep. All I say from Liverpool, run forward. Let's get everyone forward. We'll put one centre-back above the halfway line, you know. So that way, when a team plays a long ball, you will be absolutely stuffed, right? And you've got Alisson doing these tricks, right, which is great. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mate, I'm talking from a Liverpool's point of view perspective. I wouldn't be getting carried away that you're on 12 points. Well, they've they've scraped through against Leicester, you know. Still, it's good. They got the result. Um, but they're just they're getting very lucky in these games. Um, and, you know, How long, eventually it's going to ask, out. right? How long can you keep scraping a result and attacking, attacking, attacking before someone's going to figure you out? 
Yeah, well, I, I, you know, even Salah, he's not the same player no, he was not last at all. season. And, you know, and you're getting these little soft wins against these minnow teams. Come on, mate. From what we saw in the first game with that high tempo, what happened to that? Where's that gone? Yeah, well, look, they're four from four, you know, the Scouse bastards. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a great start for them, but I'm not convinced they'll keep it going look, either. I'm, I think, not, I'm not convinced at all that they're going to win it. I'm not prepared I'm to not... say they're pretenders yet, but I don't. For I'm me, leaning towards right now, that. For me right now, there's teams that are below them that already have a better structure and will absolutely demolish them when they get the chance. Yeah, I agree. And Tom, will, you will see that. I, I agree. guarantee you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Arsenal. The Gunners. The, the Gunners. Bang, 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 bang. Uh, the Arsenal, mate. Oh, what, what can I say? I'm scratching my head. Why is Peter Cech still playing in goal? I Why is he the starting you, my friend? I just think that I, I, the only thing I can imagine is they want more leadership at the back because they're, they're playing Mate, a new team, on. you know. He was he was relevant. He was good six years ago. Now he's a, he's a he's a bench goalkeeper, a backup. Lino, That's one hundred percent true. Lino is up and coming. You know, he's proven like what he did at Leverkusen. Oh my god! Like you know, getting that team, you know, to where they got to. And that's why Arsenal bought him, because they know they needed uh, a quality goalkeeper. I think like, Lena right, is quality 100% as well. Check superstar. I won't doubt that, but come on, mate. You're past it. Now you sit on the bench, take your paycheck. Help the young you kids, know, mate. That's right. He can he can, he can, can coach off the bench if he needs to. Give that yeah. extra extra feeling or whatever. Just, you know, and just come in whenever he needs to, um, you know, um, whenever he needs to back up Lena. You know, but come on, Emery, mate. This is rubbish. You know? <laughs> yeah, as an Fix Arsenal it. fan, poor. Tell you what, they're not happy, mate. Not yeah, with this keeper decision. But however, they're going well. Two wins from, you know, as many games as the Premier League, four. So, you know, 50% strike rate, not bad at the moment. Yeah, considering um, that a tough start. The only And the other issue with Czech is that he can't play the ball at the back. And that's, and that's, and the that's style Emery's yeah. philosophy. Play the ball from the back. He did, he tried it in the in the game against Cardiff. He played it straight to Harry Arda, you know, which he should have punished him, but they didn't. And you know what I mean? Come on, mate. He's got to get his personnel choices right and um, you know, wise up to it really before. Agreed. I, you know, <laughs> come on. They should be smashing Cardiff. You yeah, know what I mean? But hundred percent. Cardiff were terrific. I think they played really well. They should have got at least a point out of that. Game. Yeah, but you know, quality. But congratulations on um, getting the job done, Arsenal. That's it. Let's move on to my favourite part of the week, fan talk. Yes, fan talk. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. Nick, give us our first question this week. Our first question or topic, maybe, comes from Chris underscore Baludus. He wants us to talk about, you know, uh, how Watford are doing so well and how Manchester United can improve after their poor start? Well, I've got a pretty simple answer. Mm-hmm. Watford are doing well because they work hard for each other. They want to play for the manager, and the fans are absolutely making them go Singing that extra 20%. and jumping non-stop yeah, the whole 90 minutes. 90 minutes. So that's the Watford answer. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and we touched on Watford a, a bit before. Yeah. Um, but... um, Man United as well, just to answer his question about Man United. I think just getting those goals in, that's all. Yeah, that's all so got a bit of do. finishing, a bit of... Well, the more they play together the better they'll be. It'll come anyway. Um, so. The fitness is picking up, you know, and we've just got to get a few players back as well from injury. Yeah. Um, I think within I think a few weeks, up up. they'll be in touching distance of the top four. I can't wait for that Watford game, and I think that'll be a cracker, a ripper. Yeah. Um, who's our next question from? 
Yeah, our next question is from Everything Perth Glory. Yep. Um, he wants to know, who are the key players for Liverpool and why are they doing well? <laughs> uh, the, well, we don't think they're doing well, but their results show that they are. And they are because they're getting the results, which they previously haven't in other years. But, you know, they're Liverpool, mate. They always find a way to make a slip. <laughs> I'll know? give you. I'll give you. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but Shots fired. <laughs> key players, well, their key players are Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, and... <laughs> I'd say Mane, you know, for me, fine. For me, the key players, right, to that team doing anything at all is Firmino, Salah and Mane. They're the, the three. Course. And that's the thing. But you just in roasted them about right. their balance. But my point is, which is why I'm going to roast them again, you need to have balance in the team. You can say that, oh, you know, Liverpool's on top of the table. But if you look at Chelsea when they play, Chelsea have a structure. All right, they might be scraping results, but they've got a structure. They know how to defend. They know when to attack. Klopp is just all about on the counter, on the counter, on the counter. And yeah. when we enter the, the things like the FFA, uh, the FA Cup, Champions League, when that part of the season gets there, I don't know how they're going to cope. Yeah, I really don't. the Carabao Cup yeah. too, this another one. Um, yeah, that's 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 fair enough. I think um, they are doing well. If you're a Liverpool fan, all the best to you. But, but the, the key players, you have to you have to say the key player is the key players are down their spine. So the goalkeeper, Virgil Van Dijk, you know. I think the only key players Probably for them are there. Naby Keita or Fabinho and yeah. then Mane up front or whoever plays I'm in not convinced, position. mate. That's all. I'm not convinced. Um, but, yeah, so that's been Fan Talk for this week. Uh, thank you very much for Thanks for those interesting questions. topics and questions, people. Yeah. Um, you know, don't forget, we'll put up another post during the week. Yes. You know, get your questions in. Um, we'd love to do a lot more. Um, but, yeah, uh, also would like to mention that we'll be taking a, a break while the international... Break is happening. Yep. You know, so, <laughs> We're out of the job. <laughs> um, and, you know, we'll be returning with episode 16 on the week beginning the 17th of September um, with a special guest. Yes. Uh, you know? So we had Andrew Durante on this week, Andrew Nabru last week. Who is it this Is this it another Andrew? Who is no, it? it's not no. another Andrew. <laughs> um, it is... Dario Vidisic from Melbourne City. How how awesome is that? Unbelievable. We're on fire. Yeah. We are on fire. <laughs> um, you know, so don't forget to stay tuned in for that. Also, guys, don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and Spotify. All that Coach Killers Podcast. Yes. And also, <laughs> remember, when you're taking the car to the mechanic, you know, and for a service and telling them what's wrong with your vehicle, just don't forget to mention them. Uh, Coach Killers Podcast is the best in Australia. <laughs> you know, even tell the overworked and underpaid apprentice. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Uh, until next time, everybody, you've been great and we've been the Coach Killers Podcast. Want to hear a joke, Nick? Tell me. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs>